Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray, in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say This is Pastor Tanya Uyola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I have been able to get a little bit of rest um, from this week, but I really wanted to come on and just give you some, share some words from the Lord on today that he's been speaking into my heart. And it was really like interesting how God placed these things in your heart because sometimes you don't really know how to tell them or say them. Um, but I will try my best to, to be able to explain to you what I believe that God has placed on me and on this and on this podcast. It has came to my attention that he says two words, you're next. Now, it can be a good thing. Or it can be, you know, a negative thing when God says you're next. And after all, we've been in, you know, listening to God and posturing ourselves and getting ourselves in position in God. But a lot of the times we don't know how to be able to respond the way that God needs for us to respond. Let me explain Sometimes we go through things, we see things, um, we experience things and such as heartache or pain or misery or um, sometimes even joy, happiness and, you know, having a peace at a time in some point in our lives can be kind of unnerving because you're used to having to be in chaos and sometimes, you know, hurt, pain, ridicule. I mean, it's like you're always fighting. And I was thinking about David today and he was a man of war. So he was always, you know, in the majority of the time, the first time he was always, you know, trying to battle either King Saul or he was trying to battle, you know, the Philistines. And then he was able to find some type of peace because he was able to balance out his relationship with God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. He was able to balance the things of God and and his relationship with God and how he was able to come about it. Did he lack some things? Yes, he lacked as a father to his children. He was lacking towards, you know, becoming a warrior at the end because sometimes he had to have someone else to step in in order for him to be. Sometimes he would want to be home instead of battling. But during this time in this period, saints of the most high, we have to be able to be, as I've always said, 
in this time and era that we have to place ourselves where God needs for us to be, but also be open about how to reach him, how to seek him. And I wanted to let you know your next, it can be from you having to come from the chaos and the and the and the worries and the strifes and different relationships breaking up. I mean, divorce and you know having you know a bad relationship with your children to you know coming into the coming out of that and having a peace and starting to find your your way and starting to. Think of things that God has given you to start on, even if it's a book or a business or having innovation or just dreams and visions that God wants you to fulfill for his glory in this time, in this season. It becomes more and more that you need to understand God has given you this time, so use it wisely. And no, sometimes it's like because you're so used to having to war and 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 being able to always feeling like you're on edge and nervous or or something, you know, you're waiting for the next shoe to drop. But while you're waiting, oh my God, you need to understand you're next. That means God needs to take you up levels. You're next in how you're able because you came out of the battles that he was able to let you go through and you did it in a good grace and mercy. And when you're going through those battles, you were able to Shabbat God, which means to call on him and talk to him. You were able to pray with him and nourish your bodies and finally find out who God is for you, both spiritually and naturally. You were able to do the things that God needed for you to do. And now he's bringing you into a point like Solomon. And I thought about him today also when I was thinking about your next. And God brought me to 2 Chronicles, the eighth chapter. It is a really good chapter. And I really would like for you to be able to dig down deep into it. But What made me so responded to this is that the first verse, and it came to pass at the end of the 20 years, wherein Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his home, that the city which Hernan had restored to Solomon, Solomon built them and caused the children of Israel to dwell there. Now, when Solomon was done building the house of God, he was able to build his own house. Let me let me let you go back and hear that. And it came to pass at the end of the 20 years wherein Solomon had built the house of the Lord and in and his own house. He was able to establish God's house his church, his sanctuary, then his home. Don't you know if you start building your relationship around God and doing what God says do and fellowshipping with him and communicating with him, he will respond to you. And I love how Solomon loved and was in love with God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. 
His passion started off with loving God, talking to God, and fellowshipping with God. Did it always end like that? No. But you have to understand that even though you started with God, please end with him. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Once you started with God, end with him. Stop sitting here and saying that, you know, I'm going to let every little temptation or everything or every whim come into being. And I love that, you know, he was able to identify the things that were holy and unholy. Verse 11, and Solomon brought up the daughter of Pharaoh out of the city of David unto the house that he had built for her. For he said, my wife shall not dwell in the house of David, king of Israel, because the places are holy, where unto the ark of the Lord hath come. Let me say that one more time. He knew his place. He knew what was holy and not holy. And I understand that we have things in our lives. Let's just be honest that are not holy. But we need to start realizing that the grace and mercy that God has given us, it shouldn't be abused. It shouldn't be trampled upon. It should not be that we are extending it out so much so that God gets tired of us. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You really need to understand God gave us grace and mercy to stop what we're doing. That doesn't mean continuing what we've been doing. That doesn't mean just having that as an excuse so that we can benefit from what God is doing in our lives. Come on now, let me tell you that. It has been brought to my attention that a lot of us think that God's grace and mercy is for just that. And that's absolutely unacceptable. And you think that God is going to stick around like someone that you've been married to and they're going to be faithful and, you know, true and everything else. But every time that you start doing things to that person or you starting as a friendship, let's okay, let's go back and say this. If if you and God were on a different level of friendship, let's just say that you have that ultimate level of loving and support and trust. But then you start, you know, doing things such as lying, such as, you know, manipulation, such as trying to, you know, take advantage of the whole entire situation. Don't you know, God has a right to leave you. God has a right to sit there and honestly tell you, this is what you have been doing and having it justified. And then at the same time, God will sit there and say, okay, I will turn you over to what you've been doing. See, our relationship should be about mutual trust and respect. And God has given us that. But a lot of us have gotten out of that situation or gotten out of the love of God, the relationship of God, and you don't want to be mutual in it. Mutual bringing two people together. Being in one accord, being able to understand and know that, yes, I mess up. I ask for forgiveness, but don't go back. Keep doing the same thing you used to do. 
Don't go back doing the same sins that you used to do. Knowing that you have already confessed and asked God for forgiveness and asked him to come into your life. Having his son over you, cover the blood of Jesus over you. And then having the Holy Spirit to come in and be able to help you through the world's all ultimate things of decisions making and choosing. Oh, come on, saints. See, some of us, you know, we want to be next. You're next. But at the same time, are you ready to be next? Are you ready to go in to just peace? Are you ready to go into that next adventure, into a different job opportunity? Are you ready to go into the next level that God has for you and your family? Are you ready to be able to start teaching and preaching or or just ministering or prophesying or, or giving God, you know, all your all? Are you ready to pray? We have prayer warriors. We have people that have different functions in the church. But are you ready? You ask for these things, but are you ready? Because when God said you're next, wait a minute. You have to have gone through some things in order for you to be next. In order for you to strive. In order for you to grow. In order for you to have your your ability in God, in order for you to function, in order for you to grow, in order for you to mature, having you to be able to go from milk to the meat, having you from crawling to walking and then running, having you to be able to go through the steps and knowing who God is. See, sometimes we don't even get a, we don't even get a blueprint. We don't even get step by step by step, but God comes in and he tells you those things. See, I don't know about you, but it's something about the blind faith of who God is. And I love it when the centurion came and he had someone that was sick, one of his soldiers. And he said, you know, he paraphrasing, he told Jesus, he said, you know, he said, master, you don't have to come to my home. Just speak the word. And I know by faith. And he didn't even, he didn't even, he wasn't even a believer in God, but he recognized who God was and who he was and who he represented and how much power Jesus had. See, do you have that type of circle? Where when you are going through something, you can call them and ask them no matter day or night, can you pray for me? And they will stop just to pray for you and be able to know that God has already covered you. Come on now. See, you need to have that fortified continuity of who God is in you. So when someone calls you and says, you know what, Tanya, I need help and I need you to pray for me, then I will sit there and go to my war room, my closet and say, okay, God, or either sometimes even just being in the car, God, I need you to go and help this person, that person. Not because I'm so good, not because I deserve it, not because I've I've been so all of this and all of that. We don't deserve nothing but death. That's what the word says. The only good one, the only perfect one is God. And Jesus said that. And that's in the word. 
We deserve death, but because of his son coming down through 42 generations, we become next to do what he needs to be doing. He, he, when he came down, he was able to die. And when he died, he was able to fulfill so many prophecies. And then at the same time, go down to hell and get the keys of death from Satan himself and then go back up and bring the people of God out of the bosom of Abraham to go back to heaven. He did that. So I can be next. Do you understand? It doesn't stop where he died and rose again. And then he went and got up and he went to heaven. That is not it. That's not only where his blood stopped. That's not where all of the mercy and grace came from. That's not where anything, all of these things that's been going on. That's not where it stopped. Oh my God. Do you understand? It didn't stop. Because Jesus came and left. It didn't even stop when the disciples had to be sit up here and be crucified in so many different ways. It didn't stop. It did not stop. You're up next because God needs for you to keep all of the things that Jesus has started going. The disciples, every one of them. From the beginning to the end, God keeps us so that we can become next in everything we say and do for him. Uh, Y'all don't understand. See, that's the thing is that we are living legacies. We are the people that God needs in this time and this hour. He's put you here specifically just for this. Even if it's revival, even if it's to go out and evangelize and talk to people, even if it's just to witness through your heart and your mind, even if it's just to be able to be kind to one person, even if it's to go out and help the homeless, even if it's just to be able to say the word of God at this particular season, in this particular moment, at this particular time. You're next. So you need to go ahead and pick up your cross, everything that you have in you, and do what God says do. Stop sitting here and making excuses. It's your time. You're next. Stop sitting up here and saying, well, I'm not qualified, God. I don't feel like I'm qualified, but it's not about our feelings. This is something that God is keep telling us is that we have to get into a place. We have to get into a way. We have to get into a position where God is over us and he is commanding us and we're listening to his instructions and obeying him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh, y'all, 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 come on now. Y'all ain't listening. Y'all ain't hearing. God is saying you're next. That means you need to put down whatever you've been doing. You're next. If you need to go out and evangelize, preach, prophetic, anything that God has called you, even if it's scrubbing the toilets. Come on now. Been there, done that. Even if it's sweeping floors in the church. 
Even if it's just sitting up there and praising and worshiping God in the choir, even if it's just holding out and sitting there and putting the pamphlets up for the next service, even if. Come on now. See, I love how God had a lot of people to honestly sit there and impartake into me. My grandfather used to say, and I've heard it so many times, is that you need to treat the person that is sweeping the streets as well as the garbage man to a CEO in a company the same way. Respect goes a long way. People love you for your and your character goes a long way. Let me say that one for people in the back. Your character your structure, the way you treat yourself, the way you are speaks volumes to people. And for some, you're so genuine. They don't know how to take you because they're not used to someone being that genuine. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God is not sitting here and putting you in different places for you not to shine, not to illuminate, not to do what God says do, because this time and this hour, we need genuine people. And then at the same time, God is sitting up there and saying, you're next. So he's going to bring you out of your comfort zone. He's going to bring you out of so many different things, but he still wants you to have fellowship with him. Oh, y'all, y'all don't hear me. Psalms, 27 and 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Let me say that one more time. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me go back. Verse 5. One more time, please. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his provillion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Don't you know that every time that you go and you fellowship with God and you be able to section yourself off and you start getting into your word and you're starting to be able to start doing what God says do. Don't you know, it's like hiding in his special place. See, some of y'all been hitting a long time and God wants to bring you out. But while you're hidden, enjoy that peace. Enjoy that comfort that washes over you. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for coming into the room. I thank you, Holy Father, for being able to be with me for saturating me right now in the name of Jesus. Do you understand that when God places his hand on you, no man can come and pluck you out. It becomes so much a part of you that when you become saturated in God, there is such a feeling of calm and peacefulness. And even in the battle, God lets you be able to come in to his domain, to his space. When you got to come and run and say, you know, I need, I need, I need. 
I'm used to hearing and I've heard it before in my head sometimes that I would look at uh, Quasimodo and he was deformed. But when he went in and his mother had him by the doorsteps of the Notre Dame in Paris, Paris. His mom says sanctuary, sanctuary, sanctuary. And during that time, you were a priest. You would go and you would open up the doors of Notre Dame. And you would sit there and people would come in for sanctuary. That means to come in and be covered and be protected, be, be nourished, be covered and hidden in you. Thank you, Jesus. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. God, I know that somebody needs sanctuary today. I thank you, Lord, for your covering and your anointing and your grace. See, there's something about God. When he comes in and you sit with him and he sits with you, he puts you in your most prevalent, prominent places. He lets you lie down and he lets you remain in peace and prosperity and he feeds you the word of God. He gives you nourishment in the natural and in the spiritual to fight. Oh, y'all, y'all don't understand. My mind went back also to Elijah. When he was running from Jezebel because he killed all of her priests of Baal. And God, he, he was running and he said, I want to die. But God, he, he laid down and God said he woke him up. He gave him nourishment. He gave him food and he gave him water. And then later on, he talked to him. He let him know and encouraged him. See, sometimes we go through so much chaos that we don't even consult the almighty. We consult the friends. We consult the people that you think will, you know, help you or, you know, not to be discouraged, but they don't even know their situation really well. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. That's why you need to go to God first. See, I love how God gives us the best. He, he gives us the best because we are his children and he's not going to let you down. He's not. Every time that I've been homeless, I will tell you from day one, he's always been there. Even if it's people that don't even know English will give us money. And we've been negative three, negative three to my name and my bank. And God still comes through. See, I loved it that he didn't, he let us go through it to let us know that he was still there and that we needed him. He needed us to, let me say this one time. He wanted us to know that we can get through it and we can keep pushing because through all of those experiences, all of those pain, all of that hurt, all of that situation of mis miscommunications to people being cruel, humiliating, manipulative, all these different things, God still built us. God still built us so that I can become next. So I can start this podcast. 
so I can raise my children, so I can have the marriage that I needed. He told me it was time. I'm next. Are you next? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to keep it 100. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm next. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm equipped. But you know what? You know what? God told me the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one that endureth to the end. This is in the word of God. So you stop sitting here and making excuses. Because I have to change my thought process. I have to sit there and say, you know what, then God, since you know, since you think I am, then I am. Since you think I can be able to conquer, then I can conquer it. I will honestly say, greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. All y'all. I had to change my mindset real quick because God was calling me and I had to answer. And it becomes now a process of this is my journey and I made God my choice and he is the head of everything that I do and I say. I may not seem like such a big thing for so many people, but that's a huge thing for me. Oh, come on now. I'm talking about becoming next. Next in, you know, promotion. Next in going through the chaos. Next through everything that I got to go through so I can be able to preach and praise God and minister and do what God says do and fast and pray and seek his face and meditate on his word. That means gnawing on it day and night. I'm talking about it being my first thing I think about when I get up and the last thing I think about. Don't you know? Don't you know, you're next. You got to get used to that. See, I started rucking a while back because prior military, your back gets used to things. Let me say that one more. Let me say that first. But when you're positioning yourself with a ruck, you got to put it where you have a certain way that the straps on the sides that you can carry that weight, that you have to shift, especially for your abdomen, you have to be able to have it when it's locked in the strap so that you can be able to carry your load proportionately. What you talking about, Pastor? See, some of the things that we have to be able to go through, it's just like a rucksack and it becomes a part of us. But once God has sit there and say, you're done with it, you can detach from it and you can go a different level. Oh, come on. Wait a minute. Hold up. What you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the things you go through. It builds your character. It builds your structure. It builds your body. It builds your mind. It builds your heart. It builds your soul. It builds you inside spiritually. And it builds you so much so that when you get to a different level, that rucksack, that that obstacle you had to face, it's not going to, you got to let that go and get another one. 
Oh, come on now. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me, pastor, that I got to go through. Yeah, you got to go through something. What what do you mean? You I just thought, no, 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 let me tell you something. I don't care what you thought. See, the enemy will tell you, you know, it's peaches and cream over here. No, it's not. No, it's not. And it's not supposed to be. See, when Jesus came on the scene, he knew already that he had to die. So if he's going to go through things like people ridiculing him and mocking him and lying on him and saying he wasn't the son of God and that he was doing this and this and this and he was, you know, destroying the Sabbath and he was not the right person or who can he say he was as a prophet? No. See, so many people want to lie on you, criticize you, manipulate you, you know, do tomfoolery to you. But yet and still, God is saying, your character, the way I shaped you and molded you through all these different things, is preparing you for the next level. Don't worry about what people say. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Worry about what God says. And I, and I had to go back to Saul because Saul was so used to people pleasing and not seeking God that he missed the whole entire thing. Go back in 1 Samuel. Go back to 1 Kings. Go back into your word. Read your word. It has been the most educational of all the books I had to read because it tells me more about us as a human being and how our thought processes in psychology how it works so many different ways and valleys and functions. And that sometimes when we're speaking out of things in our mouths, don't you know your heart is going to follow because you've already processed it in your heart. Now your brain has already processed it and said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Oh, wait a minute, pastor. Hold, hold, hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Do you understand That when Cain had killed Abel, he already premeditated it. That's within his heart. Then it went to his mind. Come on now. See, sometimes you have to go ahead and preset your heart to do what God says do. So that your mind and your body and your tongue, your mouth has already made up in his mind that it's going to go where God says to go. Come on now. I'm locked in. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to faint on who God wants me to be. I'm not going to dilly dally. I'm not going to sift there and go left to right. I'm just going to go straight forward. See, God has already got me locked in to being up next. So now I have the blinders on like those horses that can't go to the left or to the right, but just going straight. And you can't honestly see anything left or right, but you're going by the hearing. Oh my God, the frequency, the respect, the understanding, the vocal cords of what God is telling you to do. Mm -hmm. What do you mean, Pastor? It's like a perfect, perfect ingredients. You got God calling from heaven to you. 
than you are to respond like Samuel. Oh my God, young Samuel. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Now servant is listening. See, some of us don't want to be next. Some of us want to sit here. And don't you know why you're sitting here? You're missing what God wants you to have next. Oh, you, you want to stay in this marriage because you love this man, but this man don't love you. Well, let me say, oh, this woman don't love you. Either or. Oh, you want to stay at this job because it's sustaining you and it's providing for you. But God is telling you, no, I need you to go over here. I need you to start your own adventure. I need you to start your own business. But you are fearful. God wants you to go ahead and start, you know, praising and worshiping him in the morning. But, oh, you worried about the neighbors. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't you know? Don't you know? I didn't care what my neighbors thought when we were homeless. I still don't care what they think now. <laughs> but when I was in an apartment, I didn't care because I knew that I needed to reach God in so many different ways. It pains me to hear it when God and I are not talking. Oh, come on now. I don't know about y'all. See, the relationship check for me is when God is not talking, when God is not, I'm not hearing from him. That is a dangerous line. That is a dangerous level when you know that God usually speaks to you by now, but you're not, but wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, I haven't heard him lately. Mm -hmm. God might have you going through a test. For you to be able to understand that his voice and his commands and his his way of thoughts and precepts are just as essential as you breathing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. That every time that we go through, that it's essential to hear from his 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 mindset, his voice, his his concepts, and it's downloaded into you. The very breath that you breathe, that's the equivalent of being able to hear from the Lord, being able to feel his touch. Let him be able to go through your whole entire body and be able to receive what he has given you in this time, in this hour. Most people can't hear from God because they've already made their choice. But since you made your choice, it is your time. You're next. I don't know who this is for. Maybe this is just for me. But when God says, hey, send, you know, I got to send you. You got to say, okay, God, send me, I go. Oh, Lord. And, and so many of my friends say, Ty, you got to be careful what you ask for. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. Because when you know who God is. And you start asking God for patience. And I've heard this from one of the pastor. And he was like, everything that was coming my way was always hell. It was like, oh, I'm losing my patience. But this is what you ask God for. Patience. Now, I'm going to say this. And some people may not like it. But I'm telling you right now. Sincerely and honestly, 
God wants us in a different platform, a different venue, a different way of mindset and his kingdom mindset, his way and not your way. See, we are not of this world. I'm going to say it like I mean it. We are not of this world. We are spiritual, spiritual beings. We were created in his image, but our soul, oh Lord, the soul. The soul is so important. See, that's how God is able to communicate with us is our spirit. And if our spirit is not being fed and it's damaged, he can't come in. He can't intervene. He can't come and dwell in the temple, in your temple. Oh, what you talking about, Tanya? What you talking about, Pastor? Look. Such is the case if you are smoking. When you have your lungs to be filled with black smoke and you're inhaling it and then you're exhaling it, don't you know that causes your lungs that were pink to turn black? Don't you know it causes you to cough, it causes cancer, it causes so much defects that it is unholy, unsanctified for you to have your children around it because they can catch it too. Secondhand smoke is what you're telling us. Mm -hmm. But at the same exact time, not obeying God, that's dangerous too. That's the most dangerous that anyone can sit there and not do. See, God doesn't need us. He really doesn't. He doesn't need us. We need him. And as I said before, don't be half-hearted. Don't be in between. It's either God or not. It's either the world or God. Don't sit here and think that you can straddle the line or the fence and say, well, I'm just not, I'm, I'm for God, but I want this. Mm -mm. Well, I'm for the world, but I, I want to serve God. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. God said, no, God is a jealous God and you will have no other before him. That's in the word too. Now let's go to Matthew 6 and 6 because I really want to get this down deep into your soul. I want, I want you to start realizing that in order for us to honestly seek God and be next, we still need to do the essentials, which is praying, fasting, meditating, doing what God says do, reading our word. These are the things that we need. People think, oh, you know, well, you know, prophecy is good. Yeah, prophecy is good. Ministering is good. Being an apostle is good. All of these things are good. But if you're not praying, if you're not fasting, if you're not meditating on God's word and reading his word, what is going to happen? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. God wants us the whole heart and mind and soul. He wants all of us, not just bits and pieces of us. How are you going to work with itsy bitsy pieces when the whole entire function of our being 
is from him. We are the creation, not the creator. Let's get that straight. And it says Matthew 6 and 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thine door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And that thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward them openly. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thine door, pray to the father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Let me tell you something. The best part of being able to go through the struggles, the heartache, the manipulation, all those different factors, even being betrayed, don't you know the best thing, the best thing was getting to talk to God. That relieved so much off of me. There's been many of a time where we almost got evicted five times, six times, as a matter of fact. Don't you know? I was in my prayer closet the whole entire time, scared to come out because I knew who God was. And I can honestly say this. When I became scared, God was more comforting, more of everything that I needed. So that when I came out of that closet or my sanctuary, my time with God, it was more evident, more responded, more everything. And even till today, even if I'm at peace, I still feel God in his calmness and his love, his compassion, his understanding that the fear went away and it was replaced with love and protection. No, y'all don't, y'all don't hear me. See, all my life after my grandparents had passed away, I didn't feel protected and loved. And then when I was able to start learning who God was in my life, that's when the protection and love came and covered me more. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes in life, we're going to have moments where we don't feel protected and loved on this earth. And then God comes in and he gives us exactly what we needed, when we need it. You have to understand that God in his infinite wisdom in his glory, a lot of the times we have, he's going to let us go through things. Things that are going to make you cry, doubt, hurt, pain, suffering, losses. But all the gains, the joy, the understanding, the wisdom, the knowledge, all of that comes from going through all of that comes for you to come next. See, it's not always 
the bad things because God is taking you through. He's educating you. He's learning and he's helping you to grow. He's helping you to mature so that when you go through these things, it's not hard. It's not tedious. It helps you to learn yourself. And then you're burning off all the things that he doesn't want in you anymore. If you had hate, he wants to put joy. If you had the disposition, then he will sit there and I'm giving you balance. Oh, come on now. When there was so much rage and anger, God sits there and says, I want you to have love and compassion and understanding. See, so many people don't understand when they look at me and say, oh, you used to be homeless. I'm using that. God is using that in me. So the next time I see somebody that's homeless or someone that's in distress, like I used to be, then I can use that in order for me to sit there and say, let me help you, brother or sister. Not because I think I'm so good, but because God has blessed me to get to another level in order for me to help you. Oh, come on now. See, certain people think that when you get to the next level, that you don't supposed to help no one. Uh-uh. You have brothers and sisters on this journey, and they need help. They need you to understand, and sometimes God is going to send you to help them navigate through waters. I'm talking about treacherous waters. And wanted to let you know how to be able to get the fuel, what type of fuel, what type of vehicle or aircraft or either boat they need to have in order for them to maneuver through it. See, sometimes God gives us the notes in order for us to teach someone else. Oh, y'all, y'all don't hear me. He gives us these life lessons so that we can teach someone else. So they don't have to go through the same things that you used to go through. See, I understood now more than ever that when God gave me my children, I'm supposed to teach them what they're supposed to be doing and letting them know, look, let's go through this. Let's say this and let's say that. And yet, do I make mistakes? I surely do. But I'm learning. I am learning. I am not an expert. I can tell you honestly, as a pastor, I'm not an expert and I don't care what nobody says. No one is an expert. Everyone's still learning. Everyone. I don't care if you've been umpteen years old in Christ Jesus, you are still learning. Because every time God is teaching you something and have that mindset of being teachable. Don't sit there and say, oh, I know this and I, I, I have so much of this and I'm this archbishop. And No. Do you understand that we are every day? God is teaching me things. God is letting this wisdom and knowledge from other people that went through it to give it to me so I can give it down to my children or to anyone else that I needed to come across. Hmm. You're next. And God gives you that wisdom, either through you, through your trials or someone else. 
And don't be dismayed if somebody's sister says, you know what? I got a word from God from you. Okay, let's hear it. Be willing to listen and God will give you that ear, the distinction of who he is, of whether it is from him or not. See, so many times we want to accept what a prophet has to say. But sometimes that prophet isn't of God. And then we are accepting something that should not be going into our systems. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Do you understand your life and death is in the tongue? And people used to talk about me and they probably still, I know they still do. <laughs> um, They used to say, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And... I had to go back before I knew God and rely on my grandmother. My grandfather used to tell me, they used to say, you know, Tan, you're going places that I have not yet seen. Your feet will go and place it on some grounds that I haven't even conquered. Your name will be on doors that I haven't seen yet. But when you go, you take me with you. Don't you know? That's God. And wait a minute, Pastor, what do you mean? When God speaks in your life and the magnitude of who he is through the ones that you least expect, God, I've been taking him with me. I've been around the world and back again, and I still say this to this very day. Take God with you. No matter what and whatever the enemy or society tells you, you know the word of God. Let it stand true. Be on that foundation of the word. And when God takes you places, promotions, elevations, books, everything else, don't you know you need to give him the glory and the honor that he's due? You're next. Are you ready to be next? Are you still holding on to old things when God has told you to put those things away? Give them to him. And don't you know your mindset? Like I said, renew your mind daily. Renew it daily. Clean it up. Start realizing that God needs you to go places and do things. And if you don't have the wisdom of Solomon, oh my God, let's go to James 1 and 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberty and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. What? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. James 1 and 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and uprighteth not, and it shall be given him. He's asking, he's telling you. God said, if you are lacking anything, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, comprehension in the word to anything in your life, ask him. 
finances, marriages, your husband, your wife, your children, your home, how to be able to build things, how to be able to incorporate things, how to be able to do anything that is able to edify the body and know who God is towards his purpose, you ask him. And at the same exact time, when you become frustrated, drawn down and worn down, let's go up to James 1, 3, and 4. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Whoa, 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 what do you mean, pastor? Look. When you have your faith wall, this is something that you cannot, sometimes you don't even see. Like I told you with the blinders, you're just going by what God is telling you to do. This is faith walking. Why you say that, Pastor? Because you are able to hear from God and not see anything, but you are able to stretch out. You are able to move, be motivated, and have your bodily functions to go forward and not backwards. Oh, let me say this. This is a faith walk. And throughout all of that journey, all the things you go through, that's giving you patience. Oh, let me say this one more time. For the people in the back, you don't have to go to hoodoo voodoo. You don't have to go to any other religion. You don't have to do anything else but stay in God. So why are you walking it out? Faith walking, I call it. While you're going and you're doing what God says do, all of that is helping you to be patient. See, so many people want to sit here and rush God. And I've heard that before. A prophetess and apostle Frederick said it. Y'all want to rush God. Y'all want that microwave stuff. When God honestly is telling you, wait. Or in another word, be patient. See, I would honestly, I was anxious. Because every time that I saw a home I like, God was like, that's not the home I want you to have. Oh, I was, I was like, ooh, glory. No, I, I have something better for you. But at the same time, every time I saw a home, I could have been devastated. But I said, you know what, God, I know you've already given me that home. So I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to believe you for it. But while I'm walking in it and I'm doing what you say do and I'm going through these trials and tribulations, I'm still keeping a mindset of God and my heart is fixed. My mind is made up and I am posturing myself. I am positioning myself, as I said before, to hear what God has for me to do while I am walking. I love how God has structured our body because sometimes it's involuntary and voluntary at the same time. Some of the muscles we have, some of the reactions we have. But while you're faith walking, don't you know the enemy will try to come in and infiltrate your mind and infiltrate your heart? And that's when you have to probably in God and say, you know what? I will hide thy word in thy heart so I won't sin against you, God. 
And then at the same time, I will say, I will meditate on thy word day and night, and it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Oh, come on now. I have to renew my mind every day. Your little shit. See, there is a thing about us that we need to be able to, while we're doing God's work, and you know you next, get in position. Start doing what God says do. Stop listening to all of this music that isn't glorifying God. Stop sitting up here and looking at these movies that don't glorify God. You are looking at things that God never wanted your eyes to see, nor your ears to hear. That's opening up so many doors, so many gates in your life that it gets into your consciousness. And then next thing you know, you are locked in into the enemy. You're next. Get used to that. You're next being able to go through that trial and tribulation. You're next to be able to cause your family to come up out of what they're doing. You're next when God is sitting there and telling you, you have to go. Send me, Lord. Let me go. And know full well you can accomplish what God has given you. Oh, y'all don't want to be next. Y'all think it's comfortable and easy? It is never easy. It is never easy. Comfortable? Never. (laughs) God has me so much uncomfortable when I did this podcast. And if I'm getting on YouTube or if I'm doing anything because... He wants you to get out of that state of being comfortable. And he wants you to understand that I need for you to go out. I need for you to go and do missions. And I need for you to be obedient when someone else is not. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Do you know God downloads into you because someone else wasn't obedient? He downloads into you because he knows that he wants to develop and build up the relationship you have in him so much so that when you don't see it on the horizon, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. You can feel it. And even through the process of four years of being of homelessness, when I got back here, And I got into an apartment. Don't you know? I knew God's promises were still true. Don't you let the enemy wear you down so much so that you don't believe who God is. Don't you know that if you have this faith of the size of a mustard seed and that thing is so small. My God, you don't know how powerful you are when you walk by faith. Even Jesus said, blessed are those that have not seen me, but yet trust me. Paraphrasing. That's in the word. Man, pastor. No, it's the fact that you know what? I haven't seen Jesus. I haven't seen God, but I've seen his handiwork. 
I've seen it when the sun comes up and you see the, the birds and the trees and the oceans and the lakes and you see all of these magnificent things and you see us. You see the baby in the womb and they come out and I've seen it three times with my daughters. You have seen so many chaos and so much mayhem, but it's all beautiful because God created it. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. All of the natural disasters, God created it. Not because we were faithful, but because we've been unfaithful. See, when you're next, you understand your assignment. You know that you have to get the ground running. You have to have the whole armor of God on in Galatians. And you got to be able, able, excuse me, Ephesians. You got to be able to put it on and have your mindset like Galatians. You have to be able to sit there and know that you know that God is going to be able to bring you out of every situation. You got to be like the Hebrew boys. You got to be able to go in the fire and knowing that even if they didn't come out, God was still available and still able to heal them and still able to deliver them. It's a bad thing that when you can go into smoke and don't come out smelling like smoke. Oh, come on now. That's faith walking. When you can be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not bow down to all this, you're next. And then you go in to the smoke and the person that threw you in got burned up. But then when you coming out, you don't smell like smoke. Because you've had the, you have Jesus with you, walking with you the whole entire time. Y'all, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't, no, no, no. See, y'all don't know what it is to be next. See, sometimes you need to understand God's going to put you in uncomfortable positions because he needs to elevate you and he needs to restore you and he needs to be able to burn some things off of you. But y'all don't want to be next. Y'all want to sit up here and water down Christianity and preach the word in a different way. No, God said, no, you will not change one tittle of his word. You cannot do that. If God said it, he said it and he spoke it. I don't care what society says. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's over the government because God is still good. God is the authority over everything and hasn't changed not. Oh, y'all don't want to be next. Y'all y'all want to talk about everything else underneath the sun. But when it comes down to it, y'all want to be nimmy nimmy and you want to be weak minded Christians. Oh, pastor, why you? Gonna, oh, no, if it's you, just say ow and keep it pushing. No, you have to be in the mindset that this is war and we have to be able to be on the battlefield and we need to be in position and we cannot come down from where God has told us to be. We need to keep on that state and narrow. We need to be able to faith walk it and know God is going to be there at the end. He's there with you now. He's going to be with you then 
and always. You're next. Stop making excuses. Stop saying that you can't do anything, that you're a woman or you're a man of God, but you don't believe in being an apostle. And because somebody else doesn't believe that, then you're going to sit there and you're going to take down. Don't you dare. Oh, y'all, y'all into it now. Look, God is telling you, you keep going. If you're an apostle, prophet, preacher, teacher, whoever you are supposed to be in God, walk in it. Learn in it. Go and ask God to show you how to be able to walk in it. And he'll give it to you. Through your word, through your through God's word, he will walk you through it. He will show you what to do and what not to do. He will show you what you need to say and when you need to say it. And how to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. Y'all. When you're next, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have heartache. You're going to have pain. You're going to have things coming up. You know, you're going to have your house sometimes chaotic. Your finances chaotic. Your children chaotic. All that things. But you better keep going. Y'all don't understand when you're next. It's a totally different atmosphere. Because all the things that you've been going through, all the things that you need to get to to this point, you ain't going to turn back around. No, no, you better keep going. All the crying, all the tears you had to shed and some people you had to fall off of. And sometimes they got to go where they got to go because God said that's not who is supposed to be with you. You have to learn that. You have to grow from that. And that's what wisdom brings. Faith, work of patience. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all. Mm-mm. And then it says in verse four, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Nunca. In Spanish, it means nothing. But let patience have her perfect, perfecto work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing do you understand that when your patience that patience that calmness that understanding that you're working through the process but you're patient when god says i'm going to reward those that diligently seek him do you understand that it's not just the materials that god is going to bless you with he'll bless you with also spiritual wisdom and understanding that let that patience say god i see i haven't seen it yet but i know it's coming god i have a child that's been acting up but i know that you're going to be able to bless them to be able to come back into the fold God, I have so many problems at work, but you know what? You're greater than my problems on today. That's being next. Speaking those things that's not as though they were, that's next. Sitting there, it ain't about prosperity. Let me say this for the people in the back. God is not going to always have you to be millionaires and all this other stuff. There's nothing wrong with having money, but also at the same exact time, when you don't have faith in God, God's not going to give you something 
that you're not ready for. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. He ain't going to give you something, whether it's material or spiritual, that you're not ready for. Wait a minute, Pastor, you... No, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, if you don't like it, say, ow, and keep it moving. See, certain times, God's going... In certain seasons, he gives you things because he knows the maturity level of who you are. He, he will sit there and say, you know, soft words turn up away wrath. And usually God says, hey, you know, beloved, da-da-da-da-da to me. Now, if anything is going wrong, you know, God will come and say this and this to me also. Because he chastised the ones he loves. Let me say that one more time. I have never in a long time heard that. See, some people don't want to be chastised. They don't want to be, you know, oh, I'm I'm wrong. You know what? I'd rather be wrong down here than to be getting up there and knowing I'm wrong and that's final. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'd rather have a friend to tell me the truth than to be sitting up there lying to my face. And God is trying to tell y'all, get ready. You're next. Next in being able to go to a different level in God and next in having to handle certain things in this season and having to be able to do what God says, do you're next. So you need to start understanding that your posture, your mannerism, your way of thinking and your mind thoughts and your spirituality towards God and everything else needs to be aligned in him. Not in the world. Not in man-made things. See, y'all want to, and I keep telling you, do that fine line. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a keep doing this because this is what's benefiting me. This is what puts the, you know, bread and butter and um, food in my children's mouth. But you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll serve God later. Oh Lord Jesus, God said in His Word, I believe Him. When I trust in God, he hasn't forsaken us. Every time that we needed something, whether it is material or spiritual, he has always supplied it to his children. You're next. And I feel bad for you if you think that you have to go out to the world to supply your needs when God is strictly telling you all you have to do is repent, ask Jesus into your life, accept him into your life, and keep going. God's benefits have eternity to them. The enemy, temporary. Let me say that one more time. God's benefits have eternity to them. He doesn't snatch them away when you are he doesn't snatch them away unless, excuse me, paraphrasing, that he doesn't snatch those things away unless you are being disobedient to him. You're next. This time, this season, this plan, it's time for you to understand. You're next. You're next. You're next to do what God tells you to do. You're next. These trials and tribulations are not just there to make you woe is me. It's to change your mindset, to change your posture and say, wait a minute, God, 
yeah, you need me to go through this in order for me to be able to be worked in this and to mature me in this and have the growth in this in order for me to get this. You're next. You're next. Some people don't want to hear that, but I'm going to say it one more time. You're next. You're next. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm going through this and that. No, you're next. Well, Pastor, I, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. You're next. And I'm going to say this too. I had to learn this also too, that, you know, we have so many different people around us that could have blessed us, but they couldn't because God had to take us through things and it was hard, but you got to get it in your head. He is the only source you have. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Through the drought, through the desert, he is the only water source, the living water source we have everywhere, everywhere. That's why it's so rare. It is so genuine when you see a man or woman of God doing what he says to do because we're in dry land season. We're having a drought right now in South Korea. We're supposed to be in monsoon, which is rain, but it's been so dry lately. And the grass, the trees are trying to conserve all their energy, all their strength to keep the water they have. And they have to cut off. Let me listen to what I'm saying. Cut off the parts of them they're willing to die for, letting them go in order for them to live. That's how we should be living, saints of the most high. What do you mean? When you have God as the living source in your life, we're like that tree. When we are lacking in things of God, we're asking him from wisdom. We're asking him for patience. We're asking him for faith and learning how to be able to conquer this thing, these concepts through the chaos and the destruction and the trials and tribulations we go through. We are like the tree because we're trying to hold out because we need the rain. Oh, my God. And because of those things that we know we need to let go of, just like the tree. We gotta preserve our water source. So we are willing to let some things die off of us. My, my, my. When you learn that you're next, a lot of things are gonna come off of you. Some of those things that have been hidden, God wants to expose so that you can go to be the next. But you gotta let him in. You have to let him in. Stop sitting here and saying, well, you know, I have another day. No, tomorrow is not promised to you. Let God clean you up here and now. And also at the same time, start seeking him more and more. Days are coming shorter and shorter. And he is soon to return. So please, saints of the most high. 
when you're next, talk to God. Get in your mindset. Let them know that this is a faith walk. You don't know everything, but God is willing to work with you. Contact him, 24-7. He, his, his number has not changed. <laughs> he has not been so far from us that he cannot hear us. But for the ones that are not next and do not know the Lord your God, it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with thy mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen, I understand it's not always easy being next. But what I've learned is, number one, be patient. Patience, oh my God. Patience is a virtue and a, and a source that most people don't realize. We're in a microwave society where it's instant. Have some type of patience. Have some type of understanding. Have some type of grit, work ethic. Have some type of knowing in the mindset that God is going to work it out. Have the faith. Oh, my God. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Having the faith. Knowing that God will take care of everything. Having that supernatural faith. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Wherewithal, when you say it out of your mouth, you know that it's going to come to pass and you have to be sensitive towards what you say. So when you're next, number two, read your word. And all of it in reading the word, meditating, fasting, prayer. Oh, my God, prayer. Oh, my God, prayer. Oh, my God, prayer. Prayer is essential. Always praying, always, always having direct communication, verbiage, having that Shabbat in God is important in being next, getting ready to be next. You're it. Like my children tell me all the time, you're it, mama. And whether you like it or not, it's your time. This is it. Time to wake up and do what God says do, saints of the Most High, and never forget who he is. If you like listening to this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and also questions and comments. Please go to It Is Written by Afrocentric Prophet. It is on Pod, Pod, Podcast, also Podbean. Also, we are on Amazon Music and Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, including YouTube and various other platforms. But please, please contact us. We want to hear from you. And also, if you have any questions or concerns about us, please be able to contact us. Thank you so much for listening with me today. And also, I appreciate you being able to take time out to listen to me, to my children, 
just to be able to know and understand that this is something that we can all come into agreement with and understand that God is still on the throne and with biblical principles and a psychological framework, we can do anything that God needs for us to do. And our mindsets will change. And thank you, God, for this great journey. Amen. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. But he's in the darkness, he's in the cold. Just like the morning, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday. He's never early, never late. He gon' stand by what he claimed. I lived enough life to say.